Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I want to read a few verses to you, and as I read them to you, don't um, let the familiar, uh, 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 being familiar with these verses, and and a lot of times we use verse number 17 when we're talking about sanctification, and uh, uh, I, I am going to deal with that a little bit, but don't let our mind, just because we're familiar with the scripture, don't let our mind cut it off this morning. A lot of times preacher will read something that we know, and the first thing we do is this, pretty much we close our Bibles and go home. You say, no, I said on the pew, but yeah, in our mind, we close our Bibles and go home because we think we've heard everything that that can be preached out of that verse of Scripture. So I want you to listen to me this morning, give me an open mind and and an open ear and give God an open heart this morning as a preacher. The Bible said in verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, uh, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, uh, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry uh, of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ uh, reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them uh, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ uh, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled uh, to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Man, I love verse number 21, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made of the righteousness of God in him. We are made right with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. In other words, within ourselves we are no good. Somebody give me an amen right there. But I'm glad that when God looks at me today, God don't look at me on myself. God looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ. I have been made righteous to God through Jesus Christ. Christ's blood reconciled me to God. I did not have a relationship with God. I could not talk to God. I had no communication with God. For God could not look on sin. But that day on Calvary's hill, uh, Jesus was made sin for us. And now I can talk to God. And well, amen. And God can talk to me uh, all through salvation uh, and being made right with God through his son. Here's what I want to preach to you about if the Lord would help us a little while this morning. What happened when I got saved? What happened when I got saved? Father, I love you this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your blessings on our life. I thank you, God, for being good to us. I thank you, God, for mercy and grace. Thank you, God, that I'm saved 
And I know that I am this morning. God, thank you, Lord, Father, for the sweet spirit that we've already felt in our service today. You know each and every need that's sitting on the pew, and I pray, God, that you'd meet them. I pray, God, if there's somebody here lost today, that you'd save them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. You know, I want to preach to you a little while this morning uh, on this thought, what happened when I got saved? Or I would say it this way, uh, what happened when you got saved uh, if you're saved this morning? I would ask this question just right off the bat today. Uh, I'm not asking you to show your hands or anything like that. I believe you might want to give me a good hearty amen whenever I ask it, but I would ask this question this morning. Do you know that you know that you know that you're saved today. I'm glad that I can report to you today that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved by the grace of God today. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about dying and going to hell. I think about that song that the primitive sung years ago. Not one hair on my head will into that flame go. I'm glad that I don't have to worry about dying and going to hell. Here's the reason why? Because I'm saved by the grace of God. There was a day that I put my faith in him and asked God to forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save me and he done that very thing at that very moment. Now I want you to think about these verses with me today. I'm going to give you a lot of verses this morning so stay with me. But I want you to think about this. The Bible said in Romans chapter number 10 verse number 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, here it is thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Answer these few questions for me this morning. Did you confess that Jesus Christ was Lord dealing with salvation? In other words, did you repent? When we confess him as Lord, uh, we are repenting of our sins. Uh, uh, we are turning from anything that we can do within ourselves, uh, and we're putting our ultimate trust uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, did you confess the Lord as your Savior? I want to ask you this. Did you call upon him and ask him to save you? What did he say? Uh, in verse number 13, here's what he said. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, what? Shall be saved. Shall be saved. Now, uh, now I want you to understand something. I don't know a lot about grammar, but I know a little bit about it. I know just enough to get myself in trouble with it, but here's what I do know about it. I know that where there's a period at, uh, uh, that means it's a statement. It's not a question. It's not to be discussed. Uh, here's what God's saying. If you called on me and ask me to come into your heart and to save you. He said this, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Somebody say it with me. Shall be what? They shall be saved. Where God put a period, quit putting a question mark. If you ask God to save you, then I can tell you based on the authority of God's holy word today that God saved you that very moment. Did you confess the Lord? Did you ask him to save you? Now I'm going to ask you another question. 
Did you become a new creature in Christ? Here's what I mean by that. Uh, the Bible said this. Paul makes this statement about this new creature. He said, all things were passed away and all things become new. Now, I'm going to tell you what the devil will do sometimes. I'll just briefly say this to you in passing. But I got saved, and if you've been here long, you've heard this, but I got saved at 16 years old. There's not a doubt in my mind, July the 20th, 1994, I'll save you the math, I'm 41 going on 42. Are you with me? Now, normally we don't say going on. When we was 13, we said we're 13 going on 14. But when you get 40, you usually don't say 40 going on 41. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? How many's in here 65 going, I'm 65 going on 66. Now we're 65 praying we're 35 again. But anyway, stay with me right here. I know I got saved that day. Now I want you to understand something with me. I had never been drunk and I still haven't. I'd never been drunk. I'd never been strung out on dope. I, 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 as, I mean, as far as the world's view of me, I was a pretty good old boy. I, I was not mean. I was mischievous every once in a while. But what boy's not? And can I just say something to you, mamas and daddies? Let me just take a time out, all right? Here's your, here's your 45 second commercial. If your boy goes out in the dirt and plays and gets dirty, it's all right. If he wants to carry a pocket knife in his pocket, it's all right. Let that boy be a little boy. And you know what? When little Johnny pushes him around, let him know he don't have to take that. Well, amen, Brother Barker. I know I'm right. I'm gonna tell you what, what I'm gonna tell you what society is teaching today. No matter what nobody does to you, you just sit still and take it and be quiet. No, 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 you're wrong, honey. Let that little boy, hey, it's all right if he gets his nose bloodied every once in a while. Let him be a little boy. Let him be a little boy. You know what? I, I it was several years ago, but I heard Madeline screaming one day in the living room. And I thought, what is she screaming about? So I walked around the corner and looked in there and Olivia had her pinned down on the ground, Brother Ryan, and had her hair, part of it in this hand and part of it in this hand. And she was sitting on top of her, beating her head against the floor saying, if you want to fight, get up and we'll fight. I was thinking, give her a chance to get up. <laughs> It's all right to let kids be kids, all right? I'm going to tell you what we done when I was in school. If somebody run their mouth, we went out back and fought it out, and then we went and sat at the lunch table together. Everybody all right this morning? You say, well, when Johnny gets in trouble at school, don't call me. Some of y'all have before. <laughs> I'll go to the school with you, okay? <laughs> I had never been a quote unquote super bad person but the day I got saved I still become a new creature in Christ here's the reason I know that I had went to church my whole life but I had no desire to go to church until I got saved 
I was raised in the house of God. All I've ever known is the house of God. Hey, I went to church Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and usually Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Daddy pastored a church and preached about 40 weeks a year when I was growing up. And I, that's all I knew. But Brother Tim, after I got saved, I wanted to go to church. I knew I was supposed to read my Bible before I got saved. But after I got saved, I wanted to read my Bible. I knew I was supposed to pray before I got saved. But after I got saved, I wanted to pray. So preach what he said. I'm saying... Did you become a new creature in Christ? Now, I understand some people's lives has major scars in them today. And you come from a different walk of life than I did. And you can look back and say, man, I can see how God made me a new creature. But you that's never been down that road, hey, tell the devil to go back to hell and leave you alone trying to make you think you didn't get saved. Amen. A new creature. Now here's what I want to. Here's what I want to. I want to show you three things right here. What happened when you got saved? You ever thought about that? What happened when you got saved? We was. Um, I, I, I've 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 heard that statement. When when somebody says I got saved, you ever heard somebody go, Well, what happened? Well, what happened? You know what they're saying? They're saying this, and if we're not careful, I want you to hear me this morning. If we're not careful, we'll try to judge whether or not they got saved off of their emotional experience. You ever heard somebody say this? They're crying, so I know they got saved. You ever heard it? Everybody okay this morning? I know I'm in the mountains, okay? I grew up around here. I, I know that's what all the old timers say. Well, praise be to God. I, I saw tears run down their face. And I know they got saved. Well, I'm going to ask you something. Where's that at in the Bible? Where is there anywhere in the Bible that says when you got saved, tears had to be running down your face? You mean, let me just tell you what I have found. Those that said they got saved and in the backside of my mind I thought, huh, I wonder if they really got it. They're the ones that's still around. And those that everybody said, oh, praise God, man, they crawled to the altar and snot was strung out two miles down the road after they left. Hallelujah. They, they're, wonder where they at today. So be careful to judge a person's emotional experience on their salvation. What happened when I got saved? I'll show you three things. Number one, here's what happened when I got saved or when you got saved. Number one, you were secured. You were secured. That's a great word. That is a great word. As a matter of fact, whenever we began to think about going on vacation, Sometimes we'll see how safe of an area that it is. We were secured the day we got saved. When we talk about salvation, this seems to be the most important thing about salvation. People want to know that they are going to heaven when they die. Let me just give you some Bible verses this morning. We've been reconciled back to God. Let me give you some Bible verses this morning. John 10 says this, My sheep hear my voice, 
and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them, here we go, everybody ready for these next two words, eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You know what he says? Here's what he says. When I got saved... I got, here it is, eternal life. I moved to Surrey County 13 years ago. First seven years of my life, I lived in a little place you've probably never heard of, but it's called Rhonda. Rhonda, North Carolina. It's in the great state of Wilkes. And, 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 and it's a pretty rough little area. We went through there yesterday and kind of rode around where I used to live. And, and matter of fact, the, the, the house, the very first house that my mom and daddy ever built, the house, the very first house I ever lived in, it's up for sale now. And I told Brother Heath, he was with me. He's out in youth church, I'll pray for him. But he was with me and I said, there is no way I'd want to move back. Man, it's rough. The first seven years of my life I lived there. Then we moved to a place that's even smaller than Rhonda, a place called Courtney, North Carolina. Courtney, North Carolina sits on the edge of Yatkin and Davie County. That's where it sits at. And the biggest thing happening in Courtney when I was a boy growing up was the Pettit's Dairy Farm and Junior Laughlin's Handle Shop. Isn't that right, Brother Matt? And matter of fact, it's still going today. You can get any kind of handle you need down at Laughlin's Handle Shop just below the Courtney Elementary School. All right? That's where I grew up at. I stayed there till uh, Leslie and I got married. And then we moved to the great city of East Bend. We had a stoplight. <laughs> we lived there till 13 years ago and I moved up here. Now this is a God's honest truth. I never heard any talk about losing your salvation not come to Surrey County. And you know what I have found out? Now, I, now don't nobody die on me this morning. But you know what I have found out? One thing that runs rampant in Surrey County is preaching against eternal security. Preaching that you can lose your salvation. Well, now I'm going to show you several more verses here in just a second. But even if I didn't show you no more verses today, what did the Bible just say in John 10, 27? My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. God said this to us today. He said the day I got saved, I got eternally saved. Listen to this. 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. Listen to what he said in 1 John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is, it, that is true. Even the Son of Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And here it is eternal life. 
Eternal life. You say, preach how many times you've been saved? I've been saved one time. So preach how many times you ever lost your salvation? I've never lost my salvation. Well, preacher, I guess you've never sinned since you've been saved. No, I sinned not long after I got saved. I've sinned today. Somebody say amen. Because you have too. Oh, praise God, I'm in church today. I've not sinned today. Well, I tell you what, if we could bring the screen back down and I could take my iPad and hold over your brain today and let it scan every thought that's went through your head just since you walked in church. We'll find out who's sin and who hadn't sin. See, we want to classify sin as, well, you know, what preacher, I, you know, I didn't drink a Bud Light on the way to church this morning. I'm all right. I didn't shoot no, no, no stuff up my veins today. I've not smoked no juju weed or wacky weed today. I'm all right. No sin, sin. Sin, sin. And if somebody walked in the church and we had a bad thought about that person, we didn't agree just, just, just right about that person. Guess what? We've sinned today. We've sinned. And here's the thing. When I got saved, I got eternally saved. Here's the reason he put 1 John 1, 9 in the Bible. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nowhere in that does he even remotely mention getting saved again. Let me tell you the reason why. Because when I got saved, I got secured in him. What did he say in John? Here's what he said. That we was in the Father's hand. What did David say when David had messed up? David didn't say, oh God, save me again. David said, restore unto me the joy, not of my salvation. You study that verse, of thy salvation. Because David knew salvation was not in himself. It was in God today. Amen. What happened the day I got saved? I got secured. I got secured in him. Amen. Uh, our hand. Some people says the span of our hand is from this point right here to this point right here. Some people says it's from the top of our thumb to the top of our pinky. No matter, no matter how big the hand is, that's not a long ways. My grandpa, my grandpa's hand looked like a boxing glove he was a, 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 just a, an old timer and, and some of y'all get mad over this but prime backer his whole life and all these preachers and anyway prime backer his whole life that's the way he made his living pastored four churches in prime backer well, he wasn't preaching my church you couldn't handle him anyway <laughs> He, I, he, he trimmed trees for years, cut trees for years, had a little tree company, and his hands was huge. Old Harvey Billings that goes to Charity Hill. Rodney can tell you how big his hand is because he hit him right in the jaw one night. With it. It's huge. Bailey's got a big hand. 
But it don't matter how big it is to us, a human's hand is not that big. But here's what the Bible said, that we was in God's hand. We was in God's hand. The hand that measures the ocean in the palm of it. In the palm of it. Matter of fact, the furthest universe away from us, the furthest point away from us that they can find right now, if I can get this word right, from what I can study is 6.2, 6 trillion miles away. You say, how far is that? Well, in low gap terms, it's a long ways, Hoss. Long ways. Long ways. You'd have to have a Ford to get there because Chevrolet died before it ever got there. <laughs> Can I get a hey man up in the house of the Lord? It's a long ways. Now listen to me. I want you to hear me this morning. That's just his hand. Holds it in the palm of his hand. And here's what God said. Here's what the scripture said. I'm in his hand. And no man can reach into his hand and pluck me out of it. Right. You know, tell you the reason why there's nobody big enough. Right. Now, I'm going to get a couple of laughs right here, but just how big a boy are you? <laughs> if you think you can reach in there and pull me out of his hand. One person said this, I just walk away from God and walk out of God's hand and walk out of eternal security. Well, baby, you got a lot of walking to do, so you better get started. You'll never make it out. Here's what happened when I got saved. I got secured in the Lord. I got secured in the Lord. Never, never, never to be lost again. Number one, you were secured in the Lord. Number two, let me move. Man, I got to hurry. Number two, you were not only secured in the Lord, but number two, now this is simple, okay? You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. You were sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of people that's scared to death of that word today, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. Listen to me. I'm scared of spirits and ghosts, but I'm not scared of anything that's holy. And he said, you say, are there ghosts? Oh, uh, yeah. You come up here in this church at midnight with all the lights off. You say, well, there ain't nothing in here that can hurt you. No, but there's some things that'll happen and make you hurt yourself. <laughs> Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. We say, well, you know, the Pentecostal use that word and blah, 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 blah. No, it's scriptural. It is scriptural. And the day that I got saved by the grace of God, guess what happened? I got filled with the Holy Ghost. As much as I'll ever get of it, I'll never get no more of it. I've got all of it that I'll ever get. Think about this with me. Ephesians said this, In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Watch this. When I got saved, I was sealed by the Holy Ghost. I did not seal myself. I did not give myself salvation and I did not seal myself with salvation. The Holy Ghost is what done that. 
the Holy Spirit. Listen to this verse, Ephesians 4.30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed, watch this, unto, unto the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption? It is the coming of the Lord. It is the rapture of the church. And when I got saved, the Holy Ghost moved in. And he sealed me until that day. Until that day. Think about this with me. You ever, you ever, um, uh, matter of fact, I put it this way. Several years ago, Brother Doug was killing a, a steer Brother Rodney was going to. And, and I went over there and helped him. And, and whenever I started back up the road, Miss Helen set a box in my truck. And his homemade uh, mater juice, somebody give me a good hearty amen right there on that. And homemade vegetable soup, somebody give me another good hearty amen on that. The rest of y'all that didn't say amen, you can come get saved if you don't like homemade vegetable soup. And it was in cans. And when I started up the road, here's what I heard. Did y'all hear that? You know what it was? Some of y'all don't have a clue. It was the can ceiling. The only thing you ever hear like is Chef Boyardee when you open it. Or Beanie Weenies. Praise God for Beanie Weenies on a riverbank. Somebody give me a good hearty amen. Thank God for Beanie Weenies on a riverbank with a Zebco 33 Classic and Red Man Silver. But, oh, I'm sorry. That slipped out. Yeah, I know it won't rot your teeth out. Yeah, Silver Blend sugar free. It won't rot your teeth out. Now come back here just a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got out of hand right there, didn't I? For some of y'all, I'd have had a set of Dolrail 100 light. <laughs> it's all right to smile a little bit in church. And by the way, smoking is a sin. Anything that tastes that good, you're going to roll it up and burn it. it is, that's a sin. But anyway, come here just a minute. That, you know what that was? That was that can sealing. It was sealing. It was preserving. And let me tell you what happened the day I got saved. The Holy Spirit moved in my life and sealed me. Sealed me until the day of redemption. And you know what that, that seal does? That means it's good whenever you open it up the next time and get out what's in it, it's going to be good. What's in it is going to be all right. Why? Because it was sealed. And you see, inside of all of us is what's called a soul. And let me tell you what God said. My flesh didn't get saved. I still get mad. I say things I shouldn't say. I act ways I shouldn't act. Everybody holler amen on that. But inside of me is a soul. And the day I got saved, let me tell you what happened. The Holy Ghost moved in my life and sealed my soul until the day of redemption, the coming of the Lord. And let me tell you what's going to happen at the coming of the Lord. Of the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Here's what's going to happen. The Lord's going to come back. And what's inside of me that sealed my soul will be taken out of me. And my flesh will be left here. But my soul will be in heaven. And when I get there, what was inside? 
inside of me will be all right because it was sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. I'm saved and I'm sealed by the Holy Ghost of God today. So what happened the day I got saved? Here's what happened. I got secured. I got sealed. Now watch this and don't die on me. I got sanctified. I got sanctified. What did he say? He said, we're a new creature. I got sanctified. Listen to this word. Sanctified means this. 1828, Webster's Dictionary. Here's what it means. Made holy, consecrated, set apart for sacred service. Here's what it is. We've been made holy by His blood, according to 1 Peter 1. We've been consecrated. What is that? It's set apart. But we've also not just been consecrated and we've not just been made whole and holy, but we've been set apart. We've been set apart for a sacred use. God, come start playing softly. God has a plan for your life. You know what a lot of people struggle with? I found this out in this area. A lot of people struggle, number one, with eternal security. And I can show you verse after verse. I just hit a couple of them. That we're saved eternally when we get saved. If there's ever been that time that you come to God and you ask God to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and save you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you're saved by the grace of God and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. I thought about this. Here's also what I found that people struggle with. Their past. Can I serve God with what I've done in my past? And people allow the devil to beat them down. I got real good news for you today. God knows everything about you. And can I just go ahead and Brother Ryan would do just blow your mind for just a second. He knew it before you was ever born. And God still lets you be born. You say, well, Mom and Daddy told me it was an accident. It wasn't an accident. It's a foreknowledge of God. God still lets you be born. You want me to tell you the reason why? God has a plan for your life. I've said this so many times. You can reach people that I'll never be able to reach. And at the same time, there's some people that I'll reach that you'll never be able to reach. It's a reason God's got us all. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart. We've been separated out for the use of God. God wants to do something with us. Listen to this verse. 1 Peter chapter number 1 says this in verse number 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, he goes on down and he says this. He says, but as he 
which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. God says to us to be holy. God says to us to be sanctified. God says to us to be set apart. Why? For the use that God has for us. For the use that God has for us. Let me read you one more verse. I'll read you a couple verses right here. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 9. Don't you think about this. What happened when I got saved? I'll tell you what happened. I got secured. I got sealed. But also got sanctified. Listen to what he said. Know ye not that the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Now stay with me. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor infeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that sounds pretty bad, don't it? Matter of fact, you want me to just say it this way? We all in trouble. Now, hallelujah. We all in trouble. Now, listen to this verse. Verse 11. And such were some of you, but I like that word. You know what it is? It's a conjunction. It means that they still some more left to the story. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Yeah, you may have used to been that, but when you got saved, God forgave you for that. God forgave you for that. I was reading this week. We're going home. I promise you we're going home. I was reading this week. And I'm almost positive it was Caesar that they was talking about. I've actually got it in a message that I'm preaching Friday night. But I'm almost positive it was Caesar that they was talking about. And he went in to overtake this island. And whenever he got there, the men came off the boat and they got on the island. As soon as they did, he had a very few select men that got back in one of the little boats and went back out to the, big, the two big boats that had brought them there. And here's what happened when they got there. They set those two big boats on fire and burned them. And then as the soldiers made entrance onto that island that day, they turned around and watched their way of escape burning and had no choice but to give the future everything. And here's what happens. You still got a boat or two sitting out there in the water. And the reason that you can't get completely into the, to the now or to the future, and what I mean by that, the reason you can't completely surrender to serve God, you can't completely surrender to give everything, is because you keep looking back at those boats in the water. There's the boat of past addiction. There's the boat of, uh, of a past relationship. There's the boat of, uh, of this and a boat of that and a boat of this. And let me tell you what you need to do this morning. You need to come to an altar 
and burn that boat. And such were some of you. You're not that no more. The day you got saved, God sanctified you and set you apart for His service. Burn the boat. You'll never walk into the future looking into the past. What happened when I got saved? I got secured. I got sealed. And I got sanctified. Why? Because God had something for me to do. And He does you. I asked you this question this morning. Will you burn the boat and give God everything? Some of y'all sitting here this morning, and I promise you I'm trying to hush, but I want to be sensitive to the Lord also. Some of y'all sitting here this morning, this week as I've run here and there, and I know where the biggest part of you live, and as I drive by your houses, I'll pray for you. And, and this week as I drove by some of y'all's houses, Man, I could see your face. I could see some of you in an altar pouring your heart out to God. And here's just what I've been praying. God, whatever it is that they're holding on to, just let them let go of it. God's got something for you to do. He saved you. He sealed you with the Holy Ghost. He sanctified you. Let's do it. Let's get busy and do it.